Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, and we're here with Mike from Four Walls. How's it going? How about Rob? How's it going with you? <laughs> Good. That was the second take. I screwed up my own show. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming on <laughs> the show. Why don't you tell everybody what Four Walls is all about? Uh, so Four Walls is an end-to-end solution for home furnishing. Uh, we focus on sort of curating these interior design uh, room packages and then do the end-to-end so delivery. Uh, design delivery uh, cleanup and uh, just just making sure that this uh, that the home furnishing process is as easy as possible for you so the idea is I want I have a condo uh, and I won't have a room in the condo and I'm like sh- I really want this thing to be redecorated yeah or and I go sh- online and I click and it sorry go yeah ahead. exactly that um, I mean shit it could be even like hey you're moving out of your mom's basement uh, and you decided to get a condo, uh, you, now you need a furniture place. You just jump on the website, hey, you know what, your room is 10 by 10. You pick one of the packages that fits that uh, room space. You know what, I like this interior uh, industrial uh, medium-sized room. You, you pick that and then um, literally just hit the buy button and then everything gets set up in your place. Do you, um, do you like, so it's like, you know, secret door number one, door number two, door number three, you pick the one you like, the yeah. whole thing, it's like, a couch and a light and a wall mirror and a hutch like yeah. all the things all pretty the much things. Uh, everything that's included in the package um, could be just furniture if that's the package you chose or it could be furniture plus decor and all that fun stuff um, literally sets you up so that you don't have to think about it so and then it comes in a big box into your house or to your uh, we condo? thought about a big box but <laughs> yeah, it was stupid it's a really really big box yeah <laughs> Uh, so it's just a whole bunch of packages, and that's sort of where um, one of the pains is actually setting up your own your own stuff. Yeah, um, takes a buttload of time. If you ever been like doing yeah. anything from IKEA, it just takes hours to do. So um, we just do it all for you. So it, it does somebody like you get a delivery, and then somebody pops out of the set of boxes and like, hi, I'm going to set it up for you. Like, uh, does- or, or the guys that um, deliver the. the um, pieces to you yes. they actually do the the setup for you as well I and see. then uh, from there they actually take out all the crap that comes with um, and dispose of it pressure. yeah wow so literally you just can sit there and watch them and have a coffee while you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if i had like uh if i had a, a house i could click like is there like living room kitchen bathroom and i could click like living room bathroom like i could is it per room kind of thing per room yeah and i can assemble a house that way too or yeah. is it like not there yet yeah so you can assemble a house that way mm-hmm. um we largely focus on rooms just because we didn't want to force you to buy a complete home package just because homes right. are so big right uh, or so small <laughs> right. um so you just want to make sure that you have the flexibility to choose um accordingly and what's the problem that you guys think you're solving um people are just busy so i mean um actually planning uh, People are both busy and they don't have a ton of, uh, a lot of people don't have a good sense of design behind behind what they're thinking. I mean, right. you can create your own place, but or move into a new place, but you don't actually furnish in uh, six six months, a year. Yeah. Um, people are just slow. Like Steve uh, Jobs, who like never Exactly, yeah. he never ever furnished it. Yeah. yeah. Um, shit, even myself, um, <laughs> it took me about six, nine months to actually finish uh, furnishing my place. Um, so, I mean, to solve this problem of sort of uh, busy people or people with a shitty design, um, design sense, mm-hmm. we ended up creating a solution where it actually packages up really nicely for you, makes it really convenient, actually looks really, really nice. Yeah, for me, it's like, I think it's one of those things where like, yes, there's like procrastination, but also it's one of those things where I think my design sense is okay, but I, I sort of would know it when I see it, but I yeah. couldn't construct it. Yeah. Right, so you see the stuff in the IKEA catalog. You're like, that looks really amazing, and 
you know, I wouldn't have the first idea how to buy the parts and then assemble them to look like that, even yeah. if I saw it kind yeah. of thing. And that type of planning takes a lot of time to actually put together. You need to hire an entire designer almost, yeah. don't you? Unless you've got a amazing interior decor sense. Yeah, I mean, if you got an interior, great interior decor sense, then shoot, you can put it together in a few hours. Yeah. But I mean, that's sort of like what the professionals do. Exactly. So for you to do it, it might take weeks. And then to actually source the product. Mm -hmm. um, so going out to travel, traveling between furniture stores, um, and right. you get, if I'm going from one end of the city to the other, and you can, you already know it takes hours. Is that, a, that's, I guess, a value proposition of Ikea, that's enough, yeah. which is like, you know, they don't, you theoretically can buy everything under one roof. Theoretically, theoretically. you have to somehow match it, but yeah. at least you don't have to go like to 93 different furniture stores. Yeah. So how did you come, come upon this? When, first of all, like, and how? It was actually funny. So, um, we came up with the idea sort of going through this, uh, program, um, based on Toronto called, uh, tech, uh, startup next, which is now um, part of the tech stars portfolio. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we went through the program with this, um, this little idea of, uh, let's, let's try to create these room in a box solutions. And then, um, but why, like, why did you even come to Startup Next to do that? Like, it, how did you even come up with the idea? Were you just I'm, like drinking one day and you're like, you know what we should do? Apply to Startup Next and come <laughs> up with it. Like, I wish that was the, uh, the answer, but I mean, it was over the years. Uh, we've really just moved a lot, um, lived in Toronto and these sort of like condo like spaces and realized, shoot, um, I've been living here for a year. I haven't furnished my, all my place. Talking to friends, it's sort of like, hey, um, why are you guys missing like a TV stand or our couch or like, why does it look like you just moved in here? Mm -hmm. And so I was just seeing a problem um, amongst a lot of young professionals and it's sort of seeing how much time it actually takes to go out to these furniture stores and try to figure out exactly like, I think this looks good here, but I need to visualize all of it in one place, be able to say, hey, this is actually going to look good for me. And you and your partner did not. Did, neither of you had home de home decor sense, or did you just see the problem and you're like, we should solve it? Or um, I don't have any design sense <laughs> by any means. Um, but my partner, uh, co-founder Karen, uh, she was able to actually put all these pieces together. She's ha she has an interior um, a decorating background. Right. Um, so from I guess starting out in home staging and progressing over to the interior decorating side of it, she's been able to put together a lot of beautiful packages that I can never come up with in a billion years. So, so you're like, you then decided, okay, and how long ago was this, by the way, that you th had the idea to do it? Like literally at the start of the, uh, I mean, in terms of the idea itself, I mm -hmm. mean, over uh, years, mm -hmm. we never really thought it was going to be a big thing until we came through the startup next program. But why did you even bother to apply to an accelerator? It's a pre-accelerator, technically. Yeah. Why did you even bother to do that? Why not just start the business or try to get something? Yeah. Or... One of the biggest things at the beginning of like starting a startup or being an entrepreneur is um, how do you validate that people actually want it? Mm -hmm. um, so being able to access a program like Startup Next, where you have a shit ton of uh, mentors and they're able to help you out help you vet this idea mm -hmm. and think about it in 10 different angles that you haven't thought about in, in um, was valuable. Right. And so, yeah, that's essentially the reason why we, we joined the program. So it, it was sort of structure within which to validate your idea. Yeah. Like they provided the structure and the critiques, I suppose. Yeah. They provided a little critique, a little bit of structure. I mean, um, we still had to do a bulk of the, the, the grinding. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the weeks we ended up chatting with, I think it was about seven or so customers at an Ikea. Right. So we just stood outside of an Ikea and just chatted with a bunch of people just to understand the problem a little bit better. And what did you have to, like, at that point, did you have anything to show for it? Was it like, did you have a piece of paper and you had some sketches? Like, how did they understand, how did you um, validate what you were doing was the thing? The, or conceptually, people just got it and you didn't need to show them anything. 
Um, conceptually, was easy to understand sort of the home furnishing process. They were there doing the exact same thing that most of us end up doing when mm -hmm. you move into a place or trying to redecorate. I'm mm -hmm. um, looking for the right pieces. And they they got the struggle of um, running through an Ikea. I mean, even running through an Ikea, it takes you about half an it hour. It ends an a lot hour. of relationships, actually. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, shit, like, walk through the space. You'll get lost. Yeah. Um, you'll pick up a ton of shit on the way um, to the cash register. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a long process. Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on which stage you're at in life, like some people just don't want to deal with it. And they just want to get this shit all done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of people got it uh, right from the get go. Um, it also helped that when we're sort of uh, chatting with people, we pose as students. So um, from that standpoint, it allowed us to get more candid feedback versus, hey, uh, we're running a business and we need feedback from you. And so when you came in, did you have a preconception of what it would be like? Oh, it's a website and people will log on to the website and click on the uh, click on the box that was the room and then they would hit buy. Like, is that you had a preconception and then did you learn anything along the way? Um, so I don't remember what we came out. I think it was just a landing page when we initially started, but mm -hmm. um, a large part of it is just testing. Um, you know, you have this theory on what it could be, you know, you test it out. If it doesn't work, move on to an next theory, test that out. And the key at the beginning, um, especially, I mean, even now we're still testing, but um, the key at, the, uh, at every point is to test quickly and make a decision on whether you want to continue with it or move in a different direction. But what did you learn? I mean, like, it's a pretty simple idea. Go onto a website, look yeah. at one of three rooms, uh, living rooms, and click. Like, we'll talk about the operational, the logistic stuff in just yeah. a second, but just to find out whether it's a business, yeah. like, it's pretty straightforward. You either, like, people either got it or they didn't, didn't it? Like, what could you possibly learn? Um, well, either they like it or they don't, is my yeah, point. Whether they like it or don't. And um, I think people have certain uh, habits that they, that they follow um, in purchasing. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the big things we found out was, um, I guess, jumping on a website and buying from a company that was very new was stupid hard, especially for a higher-end um, item. Mm -hmm. So if you're, I mean, if you're purchasing socks, whatever, you can purchase from whoever knows, matter, yeah. whoever it is, it doesn't matter. And you'll be more than happy to drop your 20 bucks or whatever it is. But to drop uh, 1500 2000 on sort of living room set from a company or guys that you've never heard of, it's more difficult. So we want to understand at what point is it going to um, push somebody um, over the edge from, hey, you know what, I'm never going to furnish shop ever again. I just want to use these guys and um, use their service. So it's about figuring out how to build a brand that evokes that trust. A lot of people that, yeah. spend a lot of money because um, I mean, like, how much is a, like is there an average cost for one of these setups? I I mean, uh, we're looking at rooms that we target anywhere between eighteen hundred to about uh, twenty seven hundred for a whole room. Yeah, that's really cheap. Really good pricing, yeah. So price didn't affect. That if you're like, hey, dude, you're going to go to Ikea, yeah. you're going to spend like, or do people even actually, that's a, that's one of the questions. I think I'm answering my own question, but um, when you <laughs> go to Ikea, here? <laughs> yeah, uh, when you go to Ikea, I don't think you're like, I'm going to spend $3,000. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to buy some stuff and it adds up to then being $3,000. You don't walk in expecting it to be yeah. $3,000. Was that the problem? People are like, I'm not going to spend $3,000 in the living room, even though they spent $3,000 yeah. when they came out of Ikea. Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the freaking problems. I mean, people don't understand how much they actually spend on furniture until they sort of see the final bill. I see. When you see the upfront price, it's like, holy shit, I have to spend $3,000 or $3,000 on my living room. Right. But when you really add it up, it's you spend three thousand dollars or $5,000. Yeah, exactly. It's not for $3,000. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like a couch is like $1,500 from exactly. Ikea, and those are cheap couches. Yeah. Off the top, um, it's already 1500 And that's Canadian, by the way. It's like $200 American dollars. <laughs> um, so, 
Okay, so you you so you you what 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 when you went through the program, what did you end up honing in on to say, okay, this is the way we're going to go to market? Did you get that by the end of the program? Did you get to there, or did you have to keep going afterwards to figure that out? Uh, we got to a point. I mean, the biggest thing from the program was, um, I mean, sort of like uh, what they always tell these. I guess um, every new entrepreneur is you got to find your beachhead. Mm-hmm. So um, that was our sort of biggest struggle at the beginning was who was our target demo, and then from there, how do we um, scale up from that target demo, capturing that that um, segment, and then moving into another segment um, once we capture a certain segment. And did um, you find the demo? Uh, when we came out of the program, I think we were targeting uh, young professional males. Okay. Uh, we moved away a bit away from that um, post program, mm-hmm. um, but uh, initially when we started out, um, that was sort of our, or when we finished the program, that was our because target why, demo. why did you choose that? Um, figured a need, um, just based on um, interviewing with uh, different potential customers, and uh, we found that young males um, they didn't have a a real desire to actually decorate their own place. Right. Um, they just wanted it all done. And they wanted it done as efficiently as cost effective as possible. And were they even the ones going to IKEA? Um, I feel like they were not the ones going to IKEA because they're not doing de- decoration. So they um, would not be. A, would you have interviewed them then at IKEA? Uh, we've interviewed. Uh, well, we interviewed people outside of IKEA, outside the gym. Um, no, but you see my point. Like if they're too lazy to do their own furnishings, they're probably not going to go to IKEA. Well, when they go to IKEA, they buy everything. I see. So you get the the demographic that goes there just a sort of um, window Pick. shop. Yeah. And then you got the people who are just like, shit, I have a free afternoon on Saturday. I'm just going to go and get all my shit. Right. And that's what they'll do. I see. Now, so then you, uh, but you drifted from that since since you finished. A little next. bit. Yeah. Because what? Um, marketing costs. I mean, um, s- starting out as a, I guess, an early stage um, startup costs are, you have to manage your costs really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we decided early was uh, marketing was kind of expensive. Uh, so we it's moved consumer. away. It's consumer. <laughs> Um, so we moved away from that and started focusing on more on B2B type of clients. Uh, so what does that mean? Uh, so B2B is working with, uh, so what we consider um, working with um, businesses uh, that are looking to just buy these room packages and furnish out their places. So um, developers or like um, um, just offices. Uh, so what, I run a homes. co-working space and I want to have like a yeah. 30 desks? Yeah, or 30 something. office spaces. Um, 30 office spaces uh, set up or like um, X amount of um, conference rooms or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, or I run a, um, I run a, I'm a property manager and I run, I manage about four, four properties. I see. I want to furnish those guys. I see. So I guess when you, when you started, were you bootstrapped? Oh, completely. We're still bootstrapped. Right. Yeah. So that, so I mean, to again, to the point before, like if you're doing consumer marketing, that's really freaking expensive. Yeah. If you're going after small, medium-sized businesses like SMBs, I guess yeah, it's almost consumer marketing, though, isn't it? Um, more so, man hours versus sort of a direct uh, marketing. Okay. Um, so in terms of, um, a lot of people haven't heard of our business through marketing. It's more through word of mouth, through referrals. That's the type of marketing that we've been doing so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, excuse me. Um, PPC ads or any um, Facebook ads or whatever it is, um, we spent a minimal amount of money on that. Okay, so like, okay, so the, so did you? And that's is that where you guys are now, which is like targeting those segments. So. Yeah, we're still focused on those segments. I mean, um, we just started doing our rebranding, so the rebranding side of it, um, it was actually funny. Like, I created our logo on uh, 
it was a like a Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. just uh, on paint or whatever it was. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I have no freaking like um, graphical background. Mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, you we used that logo for about a year. Okay. So we finally decided, you know what, we're at the point where we need to re- actually rebrand and get somebody actually knows what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. um, to fix it all up. So then why, like, uh, I'm going to get to, I promise I'll get to the, like, how you make the stuff and get the stuff. But yeah. so, like, did you find that in the small, medium-sized business space, like, I understand if I have three properties and I want, I'm just, I don't want to think about furnishing them, like, yeah. makes it is very analogous to what you were doing before. But if you're, like, doing offices or something like that, isn't that like a totally different kind of business than what you were doing before? Like they yeah. want totally different. They don't want a living room with a TV and a couch and a yeah. pot. Yeah. They want like a desk and, you know, a TV stand or whatever. Yeah. We don't chase a ton of it, but that's yeah. sort of one of the things we have available. Um, it's a definitely a different space, but because of, the, because of the suppliers that we work with and we do have the commercial ready pieces that uh, we furnished out a few of them, but we don't put a ton of focus in the sense of, hey, Let's go out, um, knock on some doors and start chatting with people. And, hey, how do you guys buy your office furniture? That's more of a, we get the referrals or we sort of see an opportunity with a new office space coming up. Um, then we start um, pitching. Is the problem the same for them? Which is like, I don't have the time to assemble all of these things. I just want to buy, like I need my boardroom set up. And It's less time, more of a, a cost factor, a um, little see. bit of convenience as well. Um, being able to just do it all in one shot, working with one company. And a lot of um, businesses that we work with, they they want to help out with um, sort of new and up and coming companies, and that's one of the things that we've really appreciated. Sort of growing up in this community, or having the company grow up in this community, is um, people are definitely um, and definitely unwilling to help out um, help us out. So how how do you like? I mean, if co- if cost is a factor, the assumption then is you're getting stuff for cheaper than the other places that these guys would go. Yeah, uh, depending on where they're sourcing, because. A large part of the sourcing effort is going out and talking to different folks. If you're not talking to the right folks, then it becomes a bit costly. Right. So you're going direct to retail or if you're going um, wholesalers, uh, depending on where you're going, it might be more expensive than going direct to the manufacturer. Right. Um, so for us, we work with great manufacturers and we're able to develop great relationships where we're actually able to help these folks out. So at what point did you go like figure out, like you, you decided direct manufacturer is the route to go, not wholesaler? In fact. Yeah. Because price, um, pricing. It's right. simple pricing. Um, pricing. We wanted to want to eliminate as many middle people as we could. Yeah. Um, and sort of create that direct link to the um, the end user. So I mean, I'm I'm assuming wholesalers exist for a reason. They bring it's they can transport shit more easily and cheaply because they bought, buy more. Yeah. So like, what did you do? Did you just get on a plane and go to like China? Ah, uh, well, we actually did. Um, there was a partial purpose to it. Uh, we're out in uh, Asia for a little bit, mm-hmm. just. Uh, visit some friends and family and then um, we're like shit let's hop on a plane go out to uh, China as well mm-hmm. and then uh, from there just walked around talked to a bunch of folks uh, different factories and whatnot manufacturers and mm-hmm. then uh, come back with a whole bunch of uh, cards and then like do you, how do you pick which one to go with do you just well a lot of it depends on sort of the clientele they've they've worked with as well I'm seeing the product quality I mean um, so you need to go there to be like touch the thing and touch does it feel solid? does yeah. it fall apart does it feel cheap yeah visiting factories um, the whole spiel um, anybody that's ever been to sort of done sourcing um, overseas you really got to see the product and how it's actually made and really have a good understanding of how products should be made yeah. to be able to make those right decisions. How do you know how products should be made? I mean, you um, guys weren't furniture experts, so how do you know? I wasn't. Yeah. Um, so I had to 
I had to spend a lot of hours actually learning the furniture game and industry. Okay. Um, I probably, I mean, I've probably done maybe about two years of research prior to sort of starting Four Walls um, and just being in the, the space, um, going to other trade shows and talking to other manufacturers and other furniture designers to understand what's a good construction, what's a bad construction, uh, what, type what, of what is a good, good construction and what is it back? I mean, you kind of, it's one of, is it like, you know it when you see it, Yeah. but how do you? Depends on what it is. Um, depends on the type of wood that they use. Um, certain things are better. I mean, if you're buying a sofa, for example, mm -hmm. uh, you definitely want a stronger wood for that type of stuff. You mm -hmm. want um, a good frame on there. You want to make sure the coils don't actually cave in after well, six months to a year, right. depending on the manufacturer. You want something that's actually going to last for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at beds, like certain beds are made out of uh, particle board. Um, some are made from a sort of a honeycomb construction where it's actually pretty sturdy. Um, some are just solid wood. Um, so a lot so of different stuff. You're in China. Yeah. You like go to a bunch of different factories. Yeah. You, I guess you're educated enough to see, okay, these guys are like, it's particle board yeah. kind of thing. And, and then oh. did you sign contracts at that point or did you just come back and scratch your head or like what? I mean, we had to absorb it all in just because there's so much information at once. So yeah. once we came back, started absorbing it, um, decided which ones we want to go with. I mean, even just seeing, touching and feeling, you don't know um, who's actually still good because a lot of people have the tendency to put out some of their best stuff or yeah. the best stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when you look down to shipment, it's like 70% is quasi defective. I see. Um, so coming back, we really had to sort out who do we think was actually going to be worthwhile working with and who was going to be sort of on that how did fence. You, how did you figure out whether they would actually ship crap versus? Uh, talking to um, different people in the industry, looking for referrals, um, mm -hmm. looking at sort of their clientele, going back and forth with their construction or um, going back with their sort of our contact and seeing how they make stuff. Um, I mean, when you actually do the final ordering um, from the, the manufacturer, you want to make sure that you're getting a container of a good stuff mm -hmm. and you need somebody on the ground to make sure that there's an inspection there because once it's over or once it's um, locked and loaded into the, the freight boats and shipped over, you're never getting, so you're never getting like, back there. Do you have somebody like on staff sitting there watching stuff come off? Uh, we contract that out. So then we have folks over there that do the Q&A and just check all the stuff, make sure all the all things are good. And ha I mean, I guess it, how do you prevent them from just being lazy or bought by the factory to be like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> it's, and then that's sort of like, again, uh, additional sourcing and make sure you work with the right Q and A folks. Um, so you don't ever ask them, Hey, who do you recommend as your Q and A? Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 you always yeah. work with third party. Um, referrals are definitely the best way to do it. I mean, um, for your first few shipments, you ideally want to be there just to make sure that everything is done right. Um, we've heard horror stories from other folks where they've gone, um, even something as simple like a shoebox, they've cheaped out on the cardboard to make it look like the actual real thing that they had. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a third of the thickness, um, color was a little off. Mm -hmm. Um, they missed out on the silicone, um, little package thingies and you shipped that over on a boat. I mean, I mean, the temperatures hit like 40, 50 degrees, um, mm -hmm. Celsius on, uh, on, uh, I guess when they're going through the ocean. Huh. So you're coming back with a boat full of um, product that has mold on it. Right. So we've heard, we've heard stories like that. And it's just, huh. you, we want to make sure everything is like done right. And have you, have you guys had the, the time when something came out and you're like, this is, it has to go back? 
Um, no, thankfully, yet? like uh, we've done maybe like one or two deals where we've had to pull in stuff, but uh, we've been knock on wood, yeah. I'm good so far. Um, but really, like it's still a scare, regardless of um, and, the other ones are a ton times. Are you designing furniture, or are you taking something they have and just take buying it? Uh, we're just taking and, and sourcing it directly from them. Uh, we haven't got to the point where we're um, furniture designing just because we feel like that's um, a lot of extra work that we don't need. It is, right but now. how do you like if you have a you want some, the point? One of the points I think was that you don't have to um, design like um, you as a consumer or a small business don't yeah. have to design all the parts to look nice together. Yeah. So were these manufacturers? Did they already have these like? packages that you could just buy no um so we source everything um every individual piece um so uh, they showed separately. you there's like a catalog and you're like yeah. this plus this plus this yeah. equals the broom that we want to sell we pull out the catalogs that sort of um yeah catalogs and just different um yeah every different manufacturer has sort of like their cds or whatever it is books pamphlets um their product and we just sort of go through the books and pick out the stuff that we want and how did you like when you you have to buy in bulk or something from them like in an electronics yeah. world you can't just make them make a chip and yeah do you have to buy like a hundred of them or something uh it depends on the manufacturer we work with some look for bigger volumes some look at smaller volumes it really depends on who it is and whether you're able to get a container um to sort of squeeze in a smaller load or get a full container so then once once you get the stuff here this is the part that i i don't yet understand it like are you doing consumer things too, or have you turned that off completely? Uh, we've done a few consumer things uh, with the consumer stuff. Uh, we largely work with um, manufacturers are sourced here. Um, so we take um, from their products here and then um, I see. fulfill the orders there. So like, what I don't get is like for a room, maybe it's slightly more expensive for a business, but like for a room, if it's like 1800 to $3,000, yeah. you have to like, aside from like get it made and pay for that, and then you have to get it shipped either from China or from here, then you have to get it shipped for the last mile, and then somebody yeah. has to const construct it, and then somebody yeah. has to take all the junk out. out. Um, that costs a lot of money. Yeah. Um, did you find that that's still a profitable business to do, like independent of customer acquisition costs, which were high yeah. in the consumer space at least? Yeah. Um, did you find that you could make money off of that after all of that? Yeah, for us, um, because we source really well, we try to manage our costs really um, really well, and we don't have a ton of overhead. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the big things is we don't have any, um, uh, I guess, showrooms that we own. Right. Uh, we work with different partners to create these showrooms and be able to actually showcase our product without having to spend a ton of money on having people there and um, just selling the stuff. Um, so we find different ways to sort of mitigate some costs so we can pass the savings on to our, our customers. And, you know, typically when you start a, a like a company, you, you worry about um, like incumbents. So like th theoretically, Ikea, their stuff is sort of designed to work together, right? Like, yeah. you know, I have a kitchen from Ikea and it's like fine and it has all yeah. the cabinets look the same. And if you buy some of the fixtures, they look kind of the same. That, yeah. Right. So like what's to stop an Ikea from just like buy this now, all of this together? Yeah. Like it doesn't that kind of screw you over? Um, not really, because we don't focus on the IKEA customer. Uh, we look at being the IKEA graduate, if you will. Okay. Um, so taking sort of a mid mid um, mid end type of items and being able to provide that option to people that are sort of in that twenty four to thirty five forty age group, where they're looking at, hey, you know what? Gone through the IKEA stuff. Want to move on from the, the particle board stuff into something that's a little more 
I guess uh, long term. Mm-hmm. And then um, and they want to spend a little more money into their furniture, and that's the target demo that we're looking at. Right. So how do you find that? Like, if so, as you're pushing into the small business space, yeah. do you? Is it just like again, they go on a website and they click on some stuff? Is that how they do things? Or a little what? more ta- tailored right now. Yeah. Um, part of the the reason is to sort of build that trust, mm-hmm. build the relationships, and as we sort of um, progress onto a more automated state where we can actually um, pa- uh, get our customers to go onto our website and make the orders through there. And that's uh, the ideal end state for for where we work. Well, we work with these um, these small business customers. So, what's the risk? Like, I think when you're when you're a small company and you're sort of the original idea was somewhat unique. Like, that's, there's not that much like that on the market. Um, and not to say that people can't do the same thing as you, yeah. but it was kind of unique. When you're supplying office furniture to people, yeah, like there's a lot of companies that are old yeah. <laughs> and they sell to yeah. small businesses or medium sized businesses or large businesses. Yeah. Like, like there's a lot of like modular desk yeah. companies that just, just that's what they do. Yeah. So how do you think you guys differentiate when you're, when you're switching over, if it's not just like one click buy a room kind of thing, yeah. uh, did you have, are you having, did you have, will you have trouble uh, differentiating from just the, the existing relationships that these people may or may not have with suppliers? Uh, I mean, yes and no, because um, a large part of our business doesn't focus on pure office stuff. Um, so we're looking more on the property management side, sort of people managing or landlords or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, those type of small businesses. And they have um, no relationships with uh, no. vendors, quote unquote, because no. they're just they're not buying owners. Enough. They're right. not buying enough. Uh, and even then, if they're buying enough, the amount of time it actually takes to source, and that's sort of one of the convenience factors that we offer. Uh, with offices, they tend to, they do have, um, I guess, depending on the business and the state they're at, they're at uh, with large corporations, they have relationships with sort of the, the bigger steel cases. Or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, with the smaller ones, they're sort of starting out, or they're really trying to figure out how, who do we want to work with, and how do we sort of save on some of the costs. I mean, do you want to buy a Herman Miller um, office chair for maybe five, six hundred, or whatever it costs now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you definitely can, but it's sort of like, do you need that? And um, can we find alternative options where you can actually lower the cost and um, to, I guess, furnishing out your office? So, how do you do it if you if you've backed off a little bit for now from the automation piece? Yeah. Do you like bring in a paper brochure and show them, like, walk them through? Yeah, it's a little more manual now. Um, okay. Literally going through a portfolio. Uh, with is it them. like a paper portfolio, or is it? Uh, we have both uh, paper and digital. Okay. Um, we found that a lot of folks still like the paper. Really. Um, to have some type of, um, I guess, physical assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, we do everything pretty. Um, I guess on the more uh, small, medium-sized business area, we do a little more manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for at least the f- uh, first few meetings, and then um, post that, it's sort of more digital. So uh, more online, emailing, phone calls, back and forth. So what? So what's your like? Now you're in a place where you're, um, you're like trying to attack this market. Are you just like finding lists and referrals? Like, are you? How are you? How are you finding these people to sell to? Um, part of that is going back to sort of the the more quote unquote, unquote traditional marketing things. So okay. some of the, the inbound stuff, the outbound stuff, um, both on the sales and marketing side. So being able to build those um, processes, mm-hmm. and then afterwards getting those processes to run on an official level so they can reach out to folks. Um, so we're just starting those parts out, so that's sort of where we're at right now. And then, um, again, it's always testing and seeing what's going to work and what's not going to work and going from there. How much, like, are you 
do you have revenue that you're then putting back into this from stuff you're selling or is or do you get some like you said you're bootstrapped how are you yeah. affording to do the marketing yeah. and the traveling and the sales and stuff? yes so we've been doing um we've gotten some sales so uh, we just um closed a few big deals so then from those deals we've been throwing that money back into the business and just sort of growing it that way i see and then you um before the show we we're talking about you're like you're thinking about other markets kind of thing? Like, I mean, you're, are you, you're not only selling in Canada right now, even you're selling in- I know we're selling to the US as well now. Yeah. And um, I mean, one of the big things now is sort of, um, do we want to focus just on the B2B? And I mean, and uh, I think for us, the eventual end goal is to get more going direct to the consumers. Okay. Because um, it is definitely something that a lot of consumers have a pain for. Mm-hmm. Um, but being sort of a, a startup and having the, I guess, uh, the resource issue, we didn't want to spend a ton of folk, a ton of time on focused on sort of a segment that we couldn't really reach out to. So the goal why is why not just get a bunch of cat? Like, is it not a distraction to go into the SMB space? And um, yes and no. I mean, uh, part of it is sort of figuring out the kinks. I mean, uh, when you start out with a business, you want to make sure that you establish most of these processes first, and then sort of go on from your initial small like test demo and then going out to the masses okay. uh, what we've done is been been able to generate revenue in our beta testing and then gone um from there um so that's sort of one of the i guess the one of the parts that we've been fortunate to be able to to do okay. um consumer is definitely where we want to land and then from there it's sort of how do we get there whether it's through uh, bootstrapping or raising some money uh, we felt like at this point it was better to understand all these pieces um, mm-hmm. to really learn from it mm-hmm. and then from there um, look at raising money um, once you get a little bit of traction and be able to say we've we've been able to do in this segment now let's do it in another segment cool so you're thinking of um, like your offices are in Toronto yeah and I think you were saying before that before the show you were saying hey maybe New York's an interesting place to look at yeah all right like are you thinking of opening up shop in another place in the world um, I mean, we're largely North America, so uh, we want to stay in North America for yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, who knows where we're going to be in the next few years. Uh, if we can get out to Europe or Asia or wherever it may be, uh, love to. Um, but for now, we want to stay in North America, stay concentrated here. Um, love to head down to the U.S. Uh, to sort of see what, what can happen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, ton of consumer demand out there. We've seen um, sort of the furniture space uh, in the startup world, at least, uh, mm-hmm. sort of grow in the past, uh, past few months. So. Mm-hmm. Um, for us to get down to there and be able to start exploring that side of it is going to be definitely exciting. Does it make sense to have an office in that jurisdiction or does it make sense to just keep flying down to wherever you need to be? Um, depending on the timing, I mean, um, right now we don't need to be there um, consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the beauties of operating online is you're able to work remotely. So whether it's here or, or New York or Milwaukee, wherever it may be, uh, we don't need to be there. Uh, we can work wherever we need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, um, if we did set up an operation down there, certain things might be easier. Um, so that is definitely an option. But for now, we want to stay stationed here just to keep costs low. And why uh, why not like raise any kind of capital up till now? What was the reasoning, reasoning in your heads? Uh, we didn't want to chase it um, just because we didn't want to be desperate and sort of run around, hey, we need to raise some cash. We need to raise some cash. I mean, definitely would have helped. But at the same time, we, we still want to figure out different things. Mm-hmm. And we feel like now we're at a point where like we figured a bunch of things. Um, we don't need to go raise funding, but it'll be nice to have it. Right. And then um, to be really to be able to really scale out the business. So why? So I guess we're almost out of time, actually. So why? 
like what's next for you guys? Is it to sort of prove out the small business market and figure it out, generate enough revenue to then grow it? Yeah. And then eventually dip your toe back into consumer? Is that your arc, you think? Um, I mean, a bit of it is to sort of grow that um, small business side. Uh, we're doing a bunch of rebranding right now, so we're seeing um, once we finish the rebranding, we'll start doing some initial tests on the consumer side to see where um, which segment we should go after, sort of that beachhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether it is sort of like professionals or maybe like I think everyone's going after young professionals. Um, so for us, it's sort of figuring out what's going to be the, the small little niche group that we're going to target at the beginning and sort of progress them there. But again, it goes back to testing and testing and testing. So whether it is small business or young professionals, we want to just keep testing. And, you know, the, I guess the last question I'll ask, and then we'll have to stop, I'm sorry to say, because we're out of time, uh, is uh, you went through a pre-accelerator. Yeah. And would you go through an accelerator accelerator? Like, does that even make sense? Um, I think um, depending on the, the situation, as long as we land in the right situation, uh, it could make sense. What is the right situation in uh, this case? Uh, For us, I mean, if we're looking at uh, growth or distribution and going into accelerator that focuses on that would be great. Um, sort of honing in on the need that we have. If it's sort of a further customer validation, maybe a, an accelerator that's helping businesses or retailers grow in that that space, that would be helpful as well. Hmm. Um, so it really depends on uh, what we're looking for uh, out of an accelerator and whether we can find one that fits our needs. Cool. Cool. Well, that's great. Thanks for coming yeah. on the show. Oh, thank uh, you, if people want to check it out, they can go to fourwalls.com. Uh, gofourwalls.com. Gofourwalls.com. And it's F O U R. W-A-L-L-S.com. Go yeah. for wells.com. Cool. Uh, this was uh, Entrepreneurs in Small Rooms Drinking Coffee. Uh, I'm Rob Kennedy. Thanks to Mike from goforwalls.com <laughs> for coming on the show. Thanks to Nick Kuhn for producing the show. And thanks to TWG for hosting us. Stay tuned for another revisited episode, actually, next week. Thanks. Thank you.